Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. like Tuesday. Yes, yes, it is Wednesday. Welcome to the House of All Marine Radio. Sorry for the extended bumper music, but you know when that happens, normally there's some shit going on. And there was. just watching a monitor that has some parents that are pissed school board parents yeah honey i think i'll run for, i think i'll run for the school board it sounds like a you know i you know how much i love education <laughs> what? yeah good luck on that deal man hey let me tell you as somebody who sat on a city council and and when you go through contentious shit that is impacting people's lives personally. Yeah, time to put on your big boy pants. Because they can make it feel uncom- uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, when I was, uh, I sat on the city council. And probably one of the most heated issues that we dealt with was siding a landfill. Now, I have to tell you that that is not when you're going to put a landfill in a community 
Um, that is not. Um, that's not a pleasant event in most places, and so our landfill, uh, because of uh, had had come to its its the extent of of how much garbage we could put in the ground so we have to side another one and there's room out by the airport but the faa has all these restrictions and then what happened was uh surrounding areas they zoned so that you couldn't you couldn't put a landfill in and so we would we would find a piece of land the the landowner would be willing to sell to the city and uh, we would begin to have public hearings. Oh, my God, man. It started when you walked into the door. <laughs> and it just was. Uh, it sucked, man. It sucked, not going to lie to you. People were pissed. You were going to screw up the value of their home. You were going to screw up their neighborhood. All of that. Um. And so that's what, uh, yeah, you look at the FBI stuff and, and, uh, I hear, you know, what is the FBI domestic terrorism? Really? So if somebody has a complaint of violence, doesn't that go to the local police department? How in the hell does the F the federal bureau of investigation get involved in a school board event? I mean, there's some like creepy shit going on. With the federal government, honestly. And that's one of them. The other one is the FBI going to the the home, raiding the Project Veritas guy. James, I can't remember what his last name is, right? You see him. He's a conservative. He rolls around, you know, covertly taping people um, and, and then throwing it on for the media to see. And he says, hey, I told you so. So anyway, evidently, they get a copy of President Biden's daughter's diary. Well, is that not a matter for the police? How does the FBI get into it? Is it the president's personal police force? But the way the country is now, because the majority of the media like the president, they won't say shit about it. But there are liberal medias who, liberal media people who will, right? Glenn Greenwald, one of them. And he thinks <laughs> he thinks that we should be playing um, this song, right? This is what he thinks ought to be getting played right now. But you're not hearing it at all in the United States, okay? So this is my song when something's fucked up, okay? Something's wrong here. Yeah, hippie music, right? There's something happening here What it is ain't exactly clear there's a man with a gun over there 
telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop. So the FBI raids evidently the home and the offices of a media guy, but because the rest of the media don't like him, nobody says shit. What is the FBI's interest in that crime? Again, are they the police force for the president? I don't, you know, but again, because of how polarized we are in the country, doesn't matter anymore. It's kind of, kind of creepy in this country now. You know, and I was thinking the other day, like, how does this all end? In a whole lot of violence? It would seem to me that that's where it's headed. I mean, we just saw cities get burned and looted last summer. People stand by. It's all good, right? I mean, the, the, the looting and the burning of cities, that had nothing to do with George Floyd. But, you know, when, when it's your side, then you don't condemn it. So, and then the people on the other side watch it and they're like, that shit's wrong, man. I'm not standing up for that. We'll see another installment, right? We'll see another installment of it here at the end of this trial that's going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And it's you, you watch it and it's bizarre. A 17-year-old white kid shoots two other white guys if you follow the trial you would it's hard to conclude that they weren't threatening him right but the jury will sort that out but what's amazing is it's it's become a race issue and it's all white people involved and you're looking at it like what like yeah, it's not time for BB King yet. Um, and so that is the way. And so you see people just get so frustrated. They're like, fuck it, man. And that is, those are the crazy among us. And you saw an example of it on January 6th last year. The crazies outside the, the Capitol and all that shit. Where does that come from? A government that's out of touch with the people that it's supposed to, right, represent. This nonstop hysteria that we get fed by our media. The constant um, pushing of extremist information on platforms like YouTube, on platforms like Facebook, on platforms like Twitter. And you see more and more crazy people. So, and nothing seems to stop it. Nothing seems to stop it. Articulate discourse on a subject, no. So, anyway, the world we live in right now. Now, speaking of the world we live in, the Commandant of the Marine Corps made news last week. And uh, he went on a program, I think with a woman by the name of Rachel Martin. 
and did about a six-minute, seven-minute interview. And so I'll play the whole thing for you so you can listen to it. And I'll read you a little excerpt from it. The Marine Corps, the smallest U.S. military force, has plans for a big overhaul designed to address its lack of diversity and problem with retaining troops. The goal that's driving... Does the Marine Corps have a problem with retention? Hmm. The goal that's driving what amounts to a cultural shift within the service is for the Marines, quote, to reflect America, to reflect the society we come from. General David Berger, Commandant of the Marine Corps, said in an interview with NPR's Morning Edition. It's not a matter of being politically correct or woke, he said. Um, You know what they say, the famous line, right? You know it's about the money when they say it's not about the money. Okay? So... Um, this issue has come up before. And so I think it's instructive and informative to take a look at what does the Marine Corps look like demographically? So what does the Marine Corps look like um, across the board racially? And I say that with an asterisk because we're going to have to talk about that. Because here's, and here's why. Hispanic Yeah, that's not a race. That's an ethnicity. Okay? So when we carve up the Marine Corps relative to to race, guess who doesn't appear? The largest minority in the Marine Corps, Hispanics. (laughs) That might be a problem, right? So we'll, we'll kind of massage that today here on All Marine Radio. And so, and then we'll take a look at what does it look like on the officer side and the enlisted side when we when we recruit? What do we bring in? And then, all right, and then what does it look like at the general officer level? And so then what we'll do is we'll compare that and we'll solve for X. So what is the problem General Berger's talking about? Okay. And so I think you'll I think you'll find a look at the data interesting. Okay? What does the Marine Corps look like when we recruit? What does it look like on the enlisted side? So what what do we look like as privates? And I say racially with an asterisk, because we're gonna throw Hispanics in there. Fucking hello. Um then, what do we look like at the sergeant major level, at the senior enlisted level, E7 through E9? Okay, what do we look like there? How does it change? What does the Marine Corps do? Do we look more like the country or less like the country? And then once we solve for that, do we look more or less like the country? Then what we'll do is we will solve for X. We'll identify the problem, and then we'll solve it. Okay? Whatever it is. And we'll do the same thing on the officer side. What do they look like when they come in? What do they look like when they're generals? Okay? And then if they if we don't look like the country, we'll 
will see what General Berger's talking about. And so what I what I want to do is I want to kind of, what is the problem? Where do we not look like the nation? So where does this problem exist? Okay, and then the really difficult question to ask him is, how female does the Marine Corps become? Now, that's a hard question. Oh, you guys are women haters and blah, blah. No, 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 no. I would tell you that all my friends say, hey, look, if they can do the work, who gives a shit? Yeah, how about that? But don't lower the standards. And then what's the first thing we do? We lower the standards. And then you get this, oh, we didn't lower the standards. Oh, really? Really? Because the standard used to be that, and now it's that. Did, that. did that go down or up? Oh, well, you know, what we did was, you no, know, it went down. Everybody knows that. Don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. I get tired of that shit. So I think that's, that's a hard question for the Marine Corps to wrestle with. Because women break. You know, and again, that would be an interesting study, but it's kind of if you publish it, you would be a hater, right? The incidence of women breaking in the American military. What is that? So you have unicorns and they try to do this work. And guess what? Their bodies aren't built for it for the most part. Right now, there is the, there are unique ones. No doubt about that. But by and large, you have a lot of women who wreck their bodies and become disabled for the rest of their life because of what they try to do in the military. Fact. What do those numbers look like? Okay. And so question to the commandant. How female should the Marine Corps be? Knowing that we are a combat fighting organization. Good question, right? Yeah, there was a great interview to be had in that whole thing, you know, if NPR would have done a little bit of research. right? Uh, and so what I'll do is I'll play, I think it's 6 minutes and 51 seconds. You'll hear that. And then we'll go through the data and we will define the problem, right? Where we do not look for, the, like, the population when we come in, recruiting problem, Okay. Then where we don't look like the population at the senior level, that would be a talent management issue, okay? So, and we'll, we'll see where that takes us, right? To implement the commandant's guidance is we need to look more like the culture. Got it. Okay, and then we'll do that on the officer side, and we'll see, we'll see what we find. So, good morning to you. Yeah, I've been looking at data. Thank God I was an economics major. Right. Thank God I was an economics major, because if I was like a rube like the rest of my peers, history, political science, social, social studies, I wouldn't know my ass from a hole in the ground relative to data. But thank God I was an economics major. Yeah. Mm hmm. So. So with that said, good morning. It is the 17th day of November in the year of our Lord, 2021. 
and um, the United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. Yeah. So um, as soon as I get the volume like set where I want to, I'll play it. But that's that's me. It's called filling. I normally shouldn't take you behind the curtain when I'm doing that, but sometimes I do. That's all done now. So then I would say, the United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. Good morning. This is dedicated to all my fans at NPR. Yeah, you should listen to All Marine Radio a little bit and then uh, figure out how to do this shit. Do some research, ask a hard question, make them footnote, don't let them off the hook. Press them, all right? Come on. It's what you're supposed to do. But So this is dedicated to all the people over at NPR. Right? What's up? You don't say what you think, and you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that. Thank you very much. So funny. 
So funny. Come on. If this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> Even funnier? But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So young folks, you ignore what I just said. That's so good, man. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. I'm his favorite company Doesn't commander. We can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult, challenging conditions and odds. And win. You got to win. Neller. He got that right, though. An emphasis on winning. We got to win. An, ex, an, an emphasis on excellence. It's got to be the first thing out of your pie hole. That's what we're about. No matter what we look like demographically, no matter what we look like relative to gender, we are winning. They are losing. That's what we commit to. Marine Corps. Right? Painful, man. Painful. If, if you start talking woke shit, you're going down the path of the United States Navy. Right. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you think that if we're buying, like, st steel or titanium, whatever the hell a submarine's made out of, do you think that it would be a good idea if our quality assurance people in the Navy tested that shit? I mean, it is the hull of the, the ship, right? Do you think, like, you know, when we buy a production run that maybe we hire an independent firm to make sure that what the firm that's selling that to us says is okay. We're talking about structural integrity. Yeah, no. Sorry, man. Not so much. Come on, man. Speaking of come on, man, the 49ers put an ass whooping on the Rams. I'm still not over that. And let me tell you why. I thought it was going to be the exact opposite the other night. Yeah that the Rams would put on a heinous ass whooping on the 49ers. Yeah, so I'm still basking in the afterglow of that. We're still looking for a card for Colleen. Yeah. Toyota RAV4, Nissan Kicks, something small, Honda, whatever that small little kind of mini SUV is. Yeah. And you can't find a new car. And if you find if you find them when you find them, yeah, straight off the, straight off the shoot, right? Manufacturer suggests re retail price twenty thousand five hundred. Yeah, dealer markup five to seven thousand. Boom. Why? Because they don't. They're not making deals. They're making a deal with your ass. That's what they're making a deal with. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, no kidding, man. Uh oh, no music. That screws me up. Um, yeah. So you can't get a new car, something that you would get, you know, for around $300 a month that, you know, maybe your kid could pay for. Yeah, that not exist. So now what you're doing is what's the next one? The next is certified pre-owned used cars. The price of those went straight up. Why? Because we can't get new cars. We can't build them because there's no computer chips. Yeah, we become Ecuador. 
Uh, with all due respect to all you Ecuadorians out there, okay, we become <laughs> we become a third world nation. Jesus, gotta be kidding me. Anyway, as my grandfather said, you live long enough, you see everything. I guess. Um, I don't even know if he said that. I just attributed it to him. John Vivian Forden, my grandfather. My grandfather rode and ran marathons when he was young. He was not a pleasant man. Yeah. Yeah. He was not. He was not. Anyway. Um, and I, my father's dad, I never met. He died when my dad was 13, so never met him. John, no middle initial McNamara. Yep. Came from Lewisburg in Ireland. Came over on a boat when he was 16, which makes me laugh, right? Colleen didn't sleep by herself till she was 17. Um, yeah, lights out. She'll be in a room with somebody else. And he comes over on a, on a ship by himself from Ireland. Anyway, yeah. And then, so that's like in 1914. In 1918, at the age of 20, maybe 21, goes back over to fight in the war in France. How about that? Yeah, I'm an American. I'll fight. Company D, 1st Engineer Battalion, 1st Infantry Division, the Big Red One. Yeah, they got in a little bit of shit over there. Yeah, who's who in the zoo? John, no middle initial, NMI, McNamara. Yeah, anyway. Currently sunny in 53 in Quantico. It is sunny in 68. Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point. That's right. Home of the 2nd Marine Air Wing. My favorite. Sunny in 63 and 29 Palms. Mostly sunny. No, it's not. It's mostly cloudy at Camp Pendleton and 60. Clear dark in 70 at Camp Smith in Hawaii. Okinawa, dark cloudy 73. In the Philippines, where they're having an election. Yeah. United States got to get its shit together relative to the Philippines, man. The Philippines are the key to the South China Sea, and we're fucking around, man. When are we going to have the Philippine, the Philippine Economic Agreement? Why build it in China? Build it in the Philippines, for crying out loud. Anyway, uh, dark cloudy in 82 in Manila. In Darwin, normally it's warmer in Darwin. It is not. It is clear dark in 80 in Darwin right now. At the home of All Marine Radio, after the third time we've heard Junior Walker, it is partly cloudy and 58 degrees today. Looking for a high of 69 under partly cloudy skies. So a far cry from the 95 degrees of last week. Um, 69 today. 66. What the hell? And a 7% chance of rain tomorrow. The same on Friday. Saturday, the 20th. 68 degrees. No mention of sun on Saturday. What's that about? And then on Sunday, back up to 79. Booyah! That's right. All right. Uh, to the data we go. Well, let me let me do this. Let me play 
this is General Berger and um, the Commandant of the Marine Corps, in case you don't know. Yep. Um, he is he was on NPR and made some headlines. Okay, so I want to play this first so you can hear what he said, right, straight from the horse's mouth. And then we'll go from there. Then we'll go to the data. We'll see what the data says. We'll find out where the problems are, identify them, and then we'll recommend courses of action to the commandant. Because that's what we do, because we give a shit, right? Right. Okay, so without further ado, I think this woman's name is Rachel Rachel Martin. Okay. Um, and so this is the commandant of the Marine Corps, General David Berger. U.S. Marine Corps just celebrated its 246th birthday. It's a service with a strong legacy and a strong culture, but the Commandant of the Marine Corps, General David H. Berger, says they could do better. The Marines have a 75% turnover rate, partly because of their recruiting priorities. We were the crack troops that had to respond first, and we thought that a younger force was physically stronger, mentally more resilient, and science has proven that not to be true. It actually, cognitively, we don't reach our peak until our mid-20s. And physically, if you look at our fitness scores for Marines, they don't peak until they're 24, 25, 26 years old. So the notion that when they were 17, 18, 19, that they were tougher than anybody else and could bounce back better than anyone else, not true. So General Berger has proposed a wide-ranging plan to bring in recruits with different kinds of critical thinking and tech skills, train them to be more self-sufficient, and give Marines new benefits, like up to a year of parental leave. He says times have changed. We shape the military based on the capabilities that we think we're going to need today and into the future. And the capabilities that we think we're going to need are a force that's able to operate much more distributed, much more spread out than perhaps we're accustomed to in the past, using a different set of technologies than we had 5 or 10 or 15 years ago. And I think another aspect of it that's relevant is the competition for people to recruit on the one hand, but also to retain people as they grow throughout their career. How do you make the Marine Corps appealing to a more diverse set of candidates? I think it's probably worthwhile just mentioning the things that will not change. At the center of being a Marine, and the difference for our service is that you can't join the Marine Corps. You have to actually become a Marine. They're still going to boot camp. (laughs) Still going to boot camp. It will still be hard. Boot camp will remain the same challenge for officers and for officer candidate school and for enlisted boot camp. It'll be tough. Mm -hmm. But I think the people that we bring in will be able to handle the technologies and also the decision making. It's it's really more about the decision making than it is about a technology. Well, wait a minute. So there's a question to be had here, right? And that is, wait a minute, I just read that you're thinking about bringing people directly into the Marine Corps in these specialty areas that won't have to go through recruit training. Did I misread that, General Berger? Missed missed opportunity there, NPR. As of 2019, only about 10% of the force was female. The other services are in the 20 to 25% range. Do you see that as a problem? Here's how I would frame it. Up until a few years ago, some portions of the Marine Corps were not open to females. 
We are a purely combat force. That is one of the differences between us and the other services. We're built for one thing. So I, I think our percentages to the outsider will look very, very low, but we were built under a different set of circumstances. That is changing. You know, I covered the Pentagon years ago, and I remember in 2011, in the middle of the debate over whether women could be in combat, there was a lot of resistance, especially from the Marine Corps. Right. And there were concerns about really specific things, right? What What do you do if a Marine gets pregnant, uh, for one? Or I heard this from senior leadership in the Marine Corps, the potential of eroding, quote, unit cohesion if women were allowed on the front lines. Did you hear concerns like that? Oh, absolutely. They, uh, they're bare, they, they, in 2010, 2011, we should listen each time to those combat veterans who have concerns. They're looking out for the best of the service, best of the military. But I think their service was in a different time. And we have found ways in all across the military to accommodate what they were concerned about. And it has not affected cohesiveness in a combat unit. Now, here's the question. General Berger, General Dunford authorized a thing called the Ground Combat Integration Study. From that study came a data point that said the best women were equal to or below the lowest 5% of males. What are your thoughts? Do you believe that? And what are your thoughts on that? Yay? Missed opportunity. Want to recruit more women. You're validating what those concerns were, but at the same time, don't you need to break that narrative that women aren't up to the job? We do. And it's happening right now. But it will take some time before uh, at the senior levels you see the numbers of women in senior leadership positions that look, those are the ones, you know, when, when you and I g- grow up in an organization, we want to see people above us that kind of look like us and act like us, and we go, we could do that. So the lack, you know, of enough of them to be role models at the very senior levels will take time, but it's, it is coming. I'm looking right now at the website where the leadership of the Marine Corps appears, your bio and photo, right. and your leadership team. And they're all white men of a certain age, older. Um, how do you want that perception, both externally and internally, of what a Marine is to change? The goal, I think, as uh, Secretary Austin points out, the goal is to reflect America, to reflect the society we come from. And we do on the front end. That's how it looks when we come into officer candidate school and we come into boot camp. But over the course of 30, 35 years, it ends up not looking like what it came in to be. So we have to change that. Because if at the senior levels, there's a lack of that kind of diversity, it's not being politically correct. It's not being woke. Actually, the strength of America is that we we don't all look the same. We're not all from the same place. We don't think the same. My experience in uh, 40 years of being a Marine is our, our advantage militarily is on top of our shoulders. It's not our, actually our equipment. We are better than anybody else primarily because we don't all think exactly alike. We didn't come from the same backgrounds. It's hard enough to enact policy changes, even harder yeah. to, to push for cultural change, which sounds like some of what you're trying to do. Are you meeting resistance? 
Um, I would say meeting questions. There is genuine concern. I mean, genuine, like sincere concern among some senior leaders and retired Marines that be careful about messing with the soul, the center inside us, what it is to be a Marine. So their caution to me, I think, is wise. That's wisdom. They're making sure that we don't go adrift, and we're not. The centerpiece, what holds us to being a Marine, will not change. So, once again, we get to this piece of standards, right? Have the standards changed in the Marine Corps? And then that's another interesting discussion. General David H. Berger, Commandant of the U.S. Marine Corps. We so appreciate your time, General. Thanks. Hey, Rachel, thank you so much for having me on the show. Happy birthday, all Marines. Happy birthday, General Berger. Um, so that's that was the Commandant's interview, and I would say, so that, that's his interview, all right? And, but the headlines that come out of that interview vary about, what he said and where the Marine Corps is going. So what I want to do now is say, okay, so where is the Marine Corps? Now, the Marine Corps published a PDF last year. It's called the Marine Corps by Gender, Race, and Ethnicity, Office of Diversity Management and Equal Opportunity, Personnel Readiness, Department of Defense. Okay. So what I did was um, I took that data and I put it into a spreadsheet so I could take a look at it. And let me give you the results. The first footnote you have to, you have to look at is being Hispanic is not a race. It's an ethnicity. Okay. So... If you're only going to look at racial data, you're going to miss the largest minority in the Marine Corps. So somehow or other, you have to factor that in. Now, in terms of um, what's very interesting, when you look at the data relative to Hispanics, there's a, so for racial categories, it's American Indian, hold on, and Alaskan Native. Okay, then there's Asian, next category. Next category, black or African-American. Next category, multiracial. Next category, Pacific Islander. These are all race, all right? Next category, white. And then there's a category that's known as unknown. Okay, so for enlisted Marines... Unknown is 8.3%. Hispanics are 10.9%. So when they go to recruit training, Hispanic Marines have a choice. I can either be unknown, I can be white, or black, Pacific Islander, multiracial, Asian, or I pick a category. Okay, there you go. So they have a choice to make. How will I be categorized racially by the Marine Corps? So, again, when we come in on the enlisted side, Hispanics by ethnicity are 11% of the Marine Corps, 10.9% of the Marine Corps. 
but racially they don't show up. And the unknown category is 8.3. So let's attribute 100% of the unknown being Hispanic. That means there's another 2.6% that's spread out somewhere in the study. Okay? Now, by the time that people, um, by 2006, I'm sorry. So this data that I'm looking at that's in the study is between the year 2006 and 2016. So that's, in, that's 2006 data. 10.9% say they're Hispanic, right, by ethnicity. But, in, but where you have to pick, 8.3% show up under unknown. Oddly enough, and this is weird in the study, so you have to massage the numbers, right? Hispanic ethnicity in 2016 is 22% of the Marine Corps in E1 through E3. Got that? But unknown goes to zero. What? Yeah, unknown goes to zero. 0.7%, less, so less than one. Seven-tenths of 1%, less than 1%. Well, where did everybody go? Okay, where did everybody, so 22% of the force is not, is either included in white, multiracial, black. I don't know, pick one. So what I would say is what percentage so here's here's the way I'll thread this, okay? So 22% are Hispanic. So where does that come from? Well, I think you have to take the vast majority of it from white Marines. Would you take some more from black Marines? I guess you would have to take some of it from black Marines. Multi-race? I mean, that's 0.5% of Marines. That's nobody. So, but you're talking about 22% of the force. Racially, where is that? So if you bomb 22% under Hispanic, what do you take? 90 plus percent? So that would be what's 22%? What's 22 Times 0.9. Hold on. I'll figure this shit out. Give me a second. 22 times 0.9. Oops. 0.9. Equals 19.8. So 20 people would come out of, 20% would come out of white. So that would put the white percent at 63. And 2%. Um, yeah, 2% would come out of black, which would make black 9%. So that's just me kind of massaging numbers. And I'm swagging that, okay? Because Hispanics don't exist under the racial category of the Marine Corps. So you're trying to compare this shit. And hey, hey, hey boys and girls, next time, give us something that makes sense, okay? 
so we can compare. Okay, so now that now that we'll talk about that. Okay. What you have is in terms of Hispanics, they come in in 2016 at a rate of 22%. Okay, we take that 22% for Hispanics and in terms of senior enlisted in 2016, they are 20.6% of the force. So pretty constant. They come in at 22%. They grow to, right, they grow to 21%. So pretty constant there. Now, but what you need to know is when most of these senior staff NCOs came in, they were less than, they were probably 10% of the force. Hispanics were. So the Marine Corps has has doubled its its percentage of senior Hispanic leaders easily since probably since 2000, more than doubled it, okay? So that's the Marine Corps working on its own diversity. Got it? Um, next. So if you, if you take the Hispanic number, 90%, so 20% out of... Um, out of the white population, I would tell you the white population has gone from about 70% in 2006 to about 63% in 2016. Now that's, that's employing my Hispanic swag in there. Okay. Black Marines in 2006, E1, again, we're talking E1 through E3 go for our 7.5%. If you take 2% out, they're at 9%. So we've essentially grown. Yeah, that's the Hispanic swag we're taking out of there, right? So we've grown the Marine Corps by about 1.5% relative to black Marines. Asian Marines in 2006 enlisted, they were 2%. In 2016, they were 2.8%. So we've almost got that increase by... What, 25%? No. Yeah, by 50%. Okay. Um, Native Americans join, they're 1.1% of the force. Multiracial people categorize, they're 0.5% of the force. Pacific Islanders are 1% of the force, which is interesting because I'm going to go through the population here in a second, right? So you've heard those numbers. Hispanic, 22%. White, 63%. Pacific Islander, 1%. Multiracial, 0.5%. Black, 9%. My swag, right? Asians, 2.8%. And Native Americans, 1.1%. Okay, so this is what they are in the U.S. population here. So I had to, I had to root around find population stuff for the United States. All right. So whites are 60% of the American population in 2021. Okay. What did I say? Whites in the Marine Corps, 63% with the Hispanic swag. Okay. Black are 13% of the nation. They are, according to my swag, 9% of the Marine Corps. Okay. Native Americans are 1% of the nation. They are 1.1% of the Marine Corps. Native Americans like the Marine Corps. 
Okay. Uh, multi-race, 2% of the population, 0.5%. So we're deficient on multi-race people. Pacific Islanders are 0.5% of the population, and they are 1%. They exist at twice the rate in the Marine Corps as they do in the population. Asians are 6% of the population, and they exist at 2.8% of the Marine Corps. So we are deficient in Asians. Okay? So deficient in black by about 4%, deficient by in Asian by about 3%. Okay? Hispanics, right? 18% of the population, 22% of the Marine Corps. Overrepresented in the Marine Corps. Right? All right. So now what I want to do is I want to I want to I want to go to E7 to E9 and I'm going to do the same thing. And we're going to identify where the shortfall's in. So, right, relative to the population, we're falling short on recruiting black Marines. We're falling short on recruiting Asian Marines. Everybody else is close except multiracial people. They're, they're below. Okay? So what do we grow that to? Okay? So this is what the ranks of E7, gunnery sergeant, through E9, Sergeant Major, right? This is what they look like currently in the Marine Corps. Hispanics, again, 18% of the population, they are 20.6% of the Marine Corps. Okay, so if we pull 18% out of that, right, out of the White Marine Corps, we would say White Marine Corps is at 54, 40-something, less than 50% of the Marine Corps now, according to my swag. Pretty amazing, huh? Pretty amazing. But this, is, this lines up. So, Hispanics, 18% of the population, 20.6%. Of the senior enlisted. So if we're going to look more like the population, does the commandant mean that we're going to have less senior Hispanic leaders on the enlisted side? Is that what this means? So if if my numbers are right, and right now 64% of E7 through E9 um, say they're white. Okay, it's interesting that the number of unknown racially is at 13 percent. So there's only a difference of about 7 percent. So we'll take six of that percent and we'll subtract it from white. And that means the white number goes to 50. Let me do my math in my head. Goes to about 58 percent. Less than the 60 percent, but not by much. But it is less. Okay. Black senior enlisted is at 16% and we'll subtract one for my Hispanic swag. Okay. And so they're at 15%. They're 13% of the population. Does it mean that we need to adjust senior enlisted leaders that are black downward? Because we need to increase the number of Asians. There's 6% of the population, only 2.4% of senior enlisted. 
Does it mean we need to have fewer American Indians and Native Alaskans? Because they're at 1.3%. They're only 1% of the population. And if these numbers are close, the white population is at 60%, and we're at less than 60% relative to senior list. Does it, does, is what you're talking about to be more reflective of the population? Does that mean we need more whites? So we need more white senior staff NCOs, according to demographic data, and fewer Hispanics by about 3%, and fewer black by about 3% as well, who are overrepresented. Is that what he's talking about? Hmm. Interesting, right? As I said, there's an interesting interview to be had here. I don't think the commandant's talking about that. Right? I don't think that's what he's talking about. Next, let's go to officer numbers, right? Right. Okay. So, and if you want to know the truth... Yikes. If you want to know the truth, this is what he's talking about. Okay. So, first of all, we have to account for the Hispanic officers. 8.6% of the officer corps in 2016 from second lieutenant to captain. Now, that number was 7.4% in 2006. So, over the course of 10 years... It grew by a percentage point. Okay. So expanding. Now, um, in terms of officers, officer, um, the unknown in terms of your race is at 8.3%. So it's almost equal to. So these numbers are pretty good. Right. For some reason, officers report Hispanic officers percentages are almost identical in terms of unknown so that they seem to be accounted for. So what do the numbers look like? All right. Native American and Alaskan, one percent. They are one percent of the population. Asian, six percent of the population, three point four percent of the officer corps. We are deficient. All right. Black or African Americans. They are 13% of the population. They are 4.8% of our second lieutenants through captains. Multiracial, they are 2%. They are 1.6% of the population. So pretty close. Pacific Islanders, they are 5%. Of the nation, they are, I'm sorry, they're 0.5% of the nation. They are 0.7% of the population. So Pacific Islanders, overrepresented. Whites, 80.2% of the Marine Officer Corps. They are 60% of the population, overrepresented. Hispanics, right? 18% of the population, 8% of the officer corps, right? Underrepresented. Okay, so that's where we come in. Deficient, 
in Asian officers, deficient in black officers, deficient in everything else, close, close, over, way over in white officers, and deficient in Hispanic officers. All right, so what do we, what does the Marine Corps grow them to? Okay. Because nobody gives a shit about your second lieutenants. What does everybody care about? Your generals. Right. So is that what he's talking about here? Does anybody think that the Marine Corps is going to force, you know, senior black staff NCOs, senior Hispanic NCOs out at a rate of like, we're going to, we're going to draw those numbers down by about 3% each. Does anybody think we're doing that? (laughs) So what is he talking about? I think specifically, this is my opinion. Commandant of the Marine Corps is talking about senior officer numbers. Okay, Mac. So what are those numbers? All right. You ready? American Indians. 1% of the population. 0% of general officers in the Marine Corps. Asian. 6% of the population. 1.1% of the general officers of the Marine Corps. Black or African American. 13% of the Marine Corps, uh, I'm sorry, of the population, they join, they are 4.8% of the second lieutenants. The Marine Corps grows that to 7% of the officer corps. Okay, so over time, the Marine Corps grows up percentage of officers. But still, 7% is a little bit more than half of what black Americans are to the population at 13%. All right, multiracial, zero. They make up 2% of the population. Pacific Islanders, zero. They make up 0.5% of the the population. White. White general officers, 88.5% of Marine Corps general officers are white. Now, Hispanic ethnicity, we have to account for that, right? 3.4% of um, the general officers identify themselves as Hispanic. Coincidentally, 3.4% check unknown when it comes to race. So that is the percentage. So if this is if this is what we're talking about, general officers, what the Marine Corps is, is 3.4% of the general officers of the Marine Corps are Hispanic. They are 18% of the population, 15% deficient, the greatest deficiency, right? Next, black officers. They are 7% of the Marine Corps general officers. They are 13% of the population. 6% deficient. Asians. 6% of the population. They are 1.1. They are 5%. So black and Asians are almost approximately 5-6% deficient. So how many general officers are there? 
one, six is seven, three is 10, 77. So 87 general officers in the Marine Corps. Okay. So we're talking about taking Hispanic officers and a handful of them and that are colonels and making them general officers. We're talking about a handful, maybe maybe if we're going to move that number for blacks, we're talking another six. So when, when, when your population is, hold on, I, got, I have to do the math here. So eight, 87 times 0.15, here's the number. We need 13 Hispanic general officers. We have three, so we need 10, okay? In terms of black, right, equals 87 times 0.13 equals, we need 11. We have six, so we need seven. Now, Mac, are you suggesting that the that these this is a quota thing? Yeah, that's what I'm suggesting. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, get over it. That's exactly what I'm suggesting. Okay, find them, promote them. They're out there. Okay. And, and let me let me just tell you this about general officers. Most of them are not all that. Okay? High-functioning conformist. What would be the impact on the force? Uh, nothing. Okay? Find them, promote them. They'll be as good as the guy they were replacing. Right? There's not that many general officers that actually act like the leaders that they were probably growing up. They become, their edges become worn. They become very corporate. They do general speak. That's why you never hear them on this program. Why? Because if I want that, I know where to find. Wah, 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 wah. And that's what you get for most of them. There's very few of them that retain the way they led and, and migrate that into their conduct as general officers. Very few. So it doesn't matter if you, it, it, it won't matter to the force if you quoted that. And if that's what we're talking about, okay, then, then let's talk about that. And let's do that. Do it tomorrow. Do it, begin to do it on the next board. But, but you know, I think it's, it's it, when, when we hear this discussion about, you know, the Marine Corps and race and blah, 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 blah. I don't, if you want to talk about that, then talk about the specifics of what exactly are we doing. We are talking about, and, and, and look at this. Marine officers, white, in 2016 join, they're 80% of the force. 80% of the force. They are 88.5% of the general officers. Okay. That number grows. 
Congress doesn't like that. Okay, now, the next question is women. By gender. Okay? So, join the Marine Corps now. The Marine Corps last number is 8.6 in 2016. And that is female E1 through E3. Okay? 8.6. Female E7 through E9 in 2016 is 5.4. So, they join at 8.6, senior enlisted, 5.4%. Okay? Now, that impressing nobody on Capitol Hill. Next, how about officers? All right. They join in 2016. So this is five years ago. Why the fuck can't we get data for the last five years? Uh, you know, <laughs> come on. Come on. What do we have to do? Go get our scratch pads out? Oh, we don't do that anymore. The Marine Corps can't tell you what it's what it looks like ethnically in the last five years? I don't know. Anyway, but for the sake of discussion, Right. For the sake of discussion. All right. So officers, numbers of females, 8.7% of the officer corps in 2016 was female. By the time they're done, they grow that to 1.1%. Okay, now, I don't have racked and stacked next to this what the other services are. Okay, but 1.1% is impressing nobody. And is that what this is about? And that's the question that NPR should have been asking if they would have, they would have had to done a little bit of a dive into the data of the Marine Corps. Now what's interesting is when you begin to talk about the whys of all of this and you go to talk to recruiters and you talk about how competitive it is to recruit minority candidates who are physically fit and mentally high-end performers. And the discussion that you'll have with them is, do you know how competitive that space is? Those people can essentially write their own ticket into corporate America, into the military. So why would they join the Marine Corps? And if they join the Marine Corps, why the hell would they stay in it for as a career when they have all these other doors open to them that are very, very lucrative? Hmm. Hmm. Now, is that the Marine Corps and recruiters making excuses because the Marine Corps General Officer Corps is 85, 88.5% white? Or is that just a fact? That would be an interesting discussion to have as well. So, the Marine Corps by race. Interesting discussion. Okay? On the enlisted side, are we actually, if we're going to look more like the population, are we going to decrease the number of senior enlisted Marines that are Hispanic, black, so that we can pump up numbers in other racial categories? 
because black staff NCOs, Hispanic staff NCOs are over by 2 to 3%. White, not so much. Are we? you going to see that? Draw your own conclusion. But I think this whole discussion is about the officer corps, specifically the senior part of the officer corps, and what the commandant's trying to do with that. Okay? He couches his message in this broader, we have to look more like the population, blah, blah, blah. Well, exactly what are you talking about? What do you mean? So that's why I say there is an interesting, and again, how female how much how how female should the marine corps be and might we do a second study now a ground combat integration study is that in fact true that the that physically female marines in an infantry environment are equal to the lowest 5% of the males is that true And if that is true, now again, if you even try to go down this road and have an articulate discussion about this shit, the first thing you'll you'll be called is, you know, you're a sexist, you know, you're just an old white dude, blah, blah. How about if you're interested and its effect on the combat capability of the unit. How about that? And what if, for the sake of discussion, that data point, and if you talk to people that were involved in the ground combat integration study, and General George Smith, who's at 1MEF, who was in charge of it, you talk to people like that, and they'll tell you, no, 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 that data is valid. Those Marines did as well as they could we, we went out there every day and we did the work so that we could capture the data. The data is what the data is. And it was dismissed by a politician, then Secretary of the Navy, Ray Mabus, who assassinated it before it even got released. But again, if we're going to have a grown-up discussion and we're going to put targets on this kind of shit, for combat units that have to close with the enemy... The standards have to be the standards. And the next question is, how female does the Marine Corps become? If that, in fact, is true. Uncomfortable discussion, right? Yeah, I don't want, hey, Mac, I don't want to be involved in that one. No shit, man. Because you're going to get blasted because you you dare to question the premise that, well, women can do everything that men can do. Are you foolish enough to question that? So question for you, if they can. Why don't they play in the NBA? Why do they have a separate league? Why don't universities have a swim team? Why do they just have one swim team? Why do they have men's and women's swim team? Okay, the NBA, that might be too much, right? Okay, how about a non, kind of a non-contact sport like soccer? How about women playing at the elite level in soccer? Even as a goaltender, do you see that? A goalkeeper, goaltender in hockey. Um, Do you see that? 
So what is that? What would you deduce when I present you that body of evidence? Because those people want to make money. They don't care if you're a woman or not, in theory. If you can play, you could be on the team. So what are you telling me, Mac? Well, I'm telling you that there are physical differences between genders. That's why you have separate leagues. Otherwise, women would not be included. But then we get to this issue of women in the military and all and you get blasted as as a as a gender phobic idiot if you raise that question. And it's and that's all politically driven. And again, I would tell you my friends at first, I mean, the thought of women in the infantry and stuff like that, it had never happened. Now, I would tell you this. My friends say this. Hey, if they could do the work, but don't lower the standards. And those standards are not easy, man. They are not easy. And are, and we're different. As men get older, into their 30s, into their 40s, they're still behemoth mode. I don't know women that are like that. And so... That's another interesting question that the commandant has to, has to answer, right? Was the ground combat integration study, was that bullshit? And if it's true, how much do we expand in certain MOSs the lowest 5% of the physical performers? That's a legitimate combat-related question. Now, Way too nuanced for NPR. I got that. Okay, but it's not too nuanced for us. Hard questions, man. And when you when you give us the answer, bring the footnotes too, because we're interested in them. Don't just wave your wand and fairy dust it out of there, which happens way too often. And that's why when people have these discussions, it looks a lot like woke. Why? Because we're speaking in woke spoke. I just made that up, right? Yeah, it's woke spoke. All these, all these right words, all these right things. But it's not. It's not linked to combat. It's not linked to different studies. It's not asking hard questions. Okay, are there unicorns out there that can do it? Absolutely, there is. Everybody knows that. But the problem: what happens to a unicorn when she can't eat her diet? that she eats in garrison, that she has to eat the shit we eat in the field? What happens when she can't go to the gym all the time? Does her body do what the male body does? No, the male body has this thing called testosterone. So when you're humping ammunition, right, your back gets thicker, your thighs get thicker, and you lose your fat, even though you're not eating great. A woman's body doesn't behave like that. So are we willing to look at that, take an honest look at it, or no? No, we're not. And my fear is that we're not. We're not. And so you just have to sit there and shut the fuck up. Because that's not where we are politically right now. Okay, I got it. I got it. But just tell me that, okay? Just tell me that. Don't tell me don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining because I don't buy that shit. I've gone to the field. I've seen what happens. And let me just tell you this. 
You talk to the vast majority of female Marines, they don't want to be male Marines. They're perfectly content being female Marines. Now, there's some, the unicorns, they want to be male Marines. Have at it. Okay? Have at it. But know this, the standard's not coming to you. You're going to it, just like everybody goes to it. And these are the hard questions. So, let me read read you a couple. Let me read you some emails. Dude, you are so in forbidden ground right now. It is a joke. (laughs) Oh, here's another one. I fully expect there to be a large explosion while you're live on the air here in the next couple of minutes as you get your ass blowed up for talking about this shit. You are right. Can we have an honest discussion? If we need to quote a general officers, I'm with you. Quote them. I would say the last rank that officers have some testicular fortitude is captain. That hurts. <laughs> As battalion commanders, they could see regiments and they get correct. As regimental commanders, they could see stars. They get way correct. As the wearer of stars, they become politicians. And correct is not even the right word anymore. I like your phrase, Mac, high-end conformist. And that's essentially what you get. So who cares if you quoted that? There's not going to be that much difference between them. I agree with you. Another email. You've thoroughly depressed me. Congratulations. I was curious what you would have to say about this. Your discussion is more nuanced than I thought it would be. Congratulations on that. And I do believe that the commandant should sit down and have a more nuanced conversation about exactly what he's talking about. The statistical portrayal, this guy's smart, the statistical portrayal that you render rendered no less of the senior enlisted side of the Marine Corps is interesting we all know that the commandant is not going to send those numbers south relative to black staff NCOs and Hispanic staff NCOs everybody's good with those numbers so what are we talking about at the end of the day we're talking about a few general officer slots that's the problem Fix it then. The larger issue and the more thorny issue, Mac, is the one you quite rightly pointed out here in the last few minutes, and that is gender in the Marine Corps. Boys and girls are not equal substitutes in certain MOSs, and that is just a fact. I like your illustration of the MLS, the sport with the least contact. And then in parentheses, I'm a soccer player. If you watch it, there's plenty of contact. Close parenthetical. But there are no women there. 
But you're exactly right. If you attempt to have that discussion, you would be tossed out of the room. Are we open enough to have that discussion to include the data from the ground combat integration study? My vote is no, we are not. We would be afraid to have it. But I sure as hell would like to be sitting there when it happens because it would be pretty fucking interesting. (laughs) Here's another one. Well done today. I've learned a lot. Your economics background served you well today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here's another one. I was curious to hear what the commandant had to say. Thank you for playing that. And thank you for going through the data. I feel like I have a better grip on this and I will certainly be looking at what the Marine Corps intends to do relative to its recruiting and relative to its general officer corps. Interesting point you make about high-end conformists. I agree with you. Most of the generals I saw were great leaders when they were younger. As they got older, they became very risk-averse. And so, based on that, what is the difference one for the other if you had a quota system? Interesting show today. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, now, and again, so what is this about? Is this the, uh, the is General Berger's comments directed specifically at the um, at the officer corps? which is almost at the general officer corps, which is of the Marine Corps, which is almost 90% white, 88.5% white in the year 2016. Now, again, this is the last data I have. I don't know why they would release, the Marine Corps would release this study last year when there's five years of data that they could, you know, I, I, you know, let me see if I can find the data for the last five years and see where the Marine Corps is right now. So I will uh, I will investigate that today. So with that said, I think I beat this horse enough. Mensa Brothers will join me tomorrow. Yep, that's going to happen. And uh, I don't know what we're talking about. Um, we'll probably talk about this, honestly. So with that said, ow. thanks for listening. It'll take me a minute to mix this down and flip it over so don't touch that dial um again belated happy birthday to everybody out there if you're a veteran listening to this happy veterans day and uh, thanksgiving coming up you yeah oh hold on one more email Mac, I think it's very interesting in this hyper-racial world that we live in today to try to have an articulate discussion about race and how we get there and what are the merits of how we look. 
My question is something you alluded to in your opening. Will the Commandant of the Marine Corps direct these things to happen? Which means quotas. And if you're going to put quotas on white general officers, then isn't it fair that you put quotas on black Hispanic staff NCOs? I think it is. I think what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Especially in the American military. Isn't that the way we do it? Yeah, I think it is. That's my understanding. So, with that said, interesting discussion. It'll be interesting to see what the Mensa brothers have to say tomorrow. And again, I think what's most important is the backdrop of all of this has to be what? Operational excellence. That's got to be the first word out of everybody's mouth. Right? We're going to change this. We're going to change the complexion of the Marine Corps. And operational excellence is not going to suffer at all. And we will empirically prove that to you. Okay? Because our first job is to defend the nation. And so we will not compromise on that. Rest assured. Or is it going to be, ah, well, you know, you may see scores fluctuate, which will all be like woke spoke, right? Which means, yeah, numbers are going to come down. Physical fitness is going to come down. Other categories may come down. But, you know, we will put our diversity, right, in front of operational readiness. Yeah, you can imagine when that discussion goes, right? But again, the these are the issues that sit below the surface that that you can't talk about. Okay? You can't talk about. So, on that note, have a great Wednesday. I'm Mike McNamara, the Salmarine Radio. I'm out. Don't go anywhere.